Oh, man. This week, it's pretty dope. Appreciate you guys checking out the last episode with Dafina Russell. Make sure you check her out on Instagram at Dafina, D-A-F-E-N-A dot R-U-S-S-E-L-L. She's on IG, and she's hosting Sophista Ratchet Radio. I thought that was a pretty dope episode, mainly because I met Dafina maybe, well, might have been like six years ago, six or seven years ago. Uh, I was actually still being a little asshole in Chicago, hitting up the bars, clubbing and stuff like that. And at the time, like the time, like I said in the intro of that show, that episode, the timeline kind of matches up. We were both um, in different phases of our lives. She had already graduated from college and she was doing some different things. And I had just got out of college and just started to... Um, Basically, I had to put tuck football away, man. I don't know if you guys, if you follow me on IG, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so you probably saw the little uh, highlight reel things that I posted. But um, yeah, she was she was already a career woman at that time, and then like it's, it's it was cool to sit down and talk to her mainly because I got to see exactly how someone can go through life and then just decide, hey, this is not what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And I thought that was really cool for her to share that her story with us. Um, even the insight on a lot of things that you think people don't want to talk about it. But she talks about how she wants to keep her image a certain way and just really um, come off as genuine as possible. I know a lot of people think that when you're doing some entertainment stuff, you want to seem like you're super perfect. And I... Uh, I appreciated her, her her genuineness. I appreciated her realness throughout that entire episode. I uh, really think that she has a great future ahead of her, and I'm I'm proud to have had her on the show as a guest. I'm also very proud to um, really just call her a friend and someone that hopefully we will work together soon doing something in the entertainment industry. Maybe I'll be on a Sophista Ratchet Radio. You never know. But uh, it's one of those things that, hey, I appreciate you, Dafina. Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing, and um, yeah, good luck in the future. So, this week, I don't really know if I have uh, much to talk about today, but it was pretty crazy. Um, How nuts is it that the NBA Finals was over in like two weeks? Maybe a week and a half. Okay, maybe a week and a weekend. (laughs) How crazy is that? I felt like the Cavs really didn't stand a chance. It hurt to see LeBron lose that way. And I'm not even like a LeBron fan. I feel like I've been talking about LeBron the past couple of shows on the intros. But, um, yeah, man, I wonder where he goes. In my honest opinion, I swear, I promise you, he will probably end up staying in Chicago. Chicago. I think he, um, I mean, Chicago, tripping. Cleveland, my bad. I'm doing this live on Instagram, too, so if you guys... um, Tune in, yeah. That would be actually pretty dope if he stayed. If he, if he came to Chicago, I would. I wouldn't even be mad at it. I just feel like maybe LeBron. I don't know if he could stand up to that whole Michael Jordan thing. I think it's it's a lot of pressure to be under. I don't really know if we have the tools for him to be able to win here. And I actually want him to do something. B, like I want him to make it to the finals because I feel like he's a mainstay there. After you get there eight years in a row, you kind of have to keep going. Like, if you set the record for 10, 10, like he had a decade, he has a decade in the damn finals, that would be pretty fucking amazing. I mean, granted, his legacy is already strong, but at the same time, I don't know if Cleveland has a team to build around him or if they have the patience and the time 
matter of fact, not the patience, but the time to go out and get a younger crew to actually put around him. And then maybe he's not that, maybe LeBron's not that guy anymore. I feel like he's the man. Um, and I also feel like he does a lot for teams, and he did a lot. Like, you can't say any more for him. Like, you couldn't tell LeBron to do any more in that finals. You scored 51 points in, like, two or three games. I mean, hey, dog. I mean, how much more could you do? And that was the sad part about it. It's like, you really couldn't tell LeBron to play any better. But, yeah, moving into this week's episode, as you guys know, Coming up this weekend is Father's Day, and I wanted to do something different and a little bit special because I feel like this episode will give you guys a glimpse of exactly who I am and what I do um, and why I am that way. Um, this this week's guest is my stepdad, Robert Brown, my stepfather, and I, I wanted to present this opportunity. I know I'm saying it like a smart ass, like he's not the parent, but... Um, I wanted to let him be a guest on the show because I felt like it was it was it's important to me to show him that I appreciate everything he's done for me as far as uh, being a father figure for me and also being there for my family and my mother. You know, you know, you gotta appreciate moms and everything. But um, we talk about a lot of different things. Part of it is just you know how. I do have a competitive spirit and how he kind of nurtured that in a way. I felt like uh, it was one of those things where. Um, it was somewhat of a conversation we would probably have with ourselves alone uh, without being recorded, and that was the weirdest thing. You, know, you you never really sit down and have a heart-to-heart with your parent and think, oh, man, let's put some microphones in front of us and see how that goes. You know, I thought it was really important to sit down with him and tell him, you know, how much I think uh, he's a great man, first of all, um, how much I think he was a great role model for me and how much I felt like he taught me. He taught me a lot of different things, man. And I just felt like it was something that needed to be done. And I'm happy that I did it. Uh, we have a great conversation. It's not really that long. It's probably about 45 minutes long. And we discussed some things from politics, uh, you know, just how he approached being a father, uh, how he approached being a father figure, what his influences were, and um, also just his idea of what being a father is. I feel like that's one of those things where when you're a kid growing up, you don't really know exactly if your parents even know what the hell they do. And that was kind of something that he told me. And he was saying how you don't really have a plan. You you, 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 you have an idea of what you want to do. You have an idea of what you might have missed out on as a kid. You have an idea of what you think you want to do with your children. And I felt like he kind of articulated that very well throughout this uh, this uh, podcast. And for me, I really think that I learned a lot. Excuse me. I learned a lot this episode. And I really got to say some things that I felt like needed to be said. I'm not saying that we don't have these conversations or these types of conversations all the time. But it was just one of those situations where I um, I felt comfortable and I wanted to bring you guys in a little bit, give you an idea of exactly who I am, what I've done, the accomplishments I've made, and how my parents played a role in that, and both my biological and my step-parents, to be honest. Uh, we talked some a little bit about uh, my grandfather, who was really important to me. And, and if you guys listen to this and you know me for a while, it's it's funny because a lot of people who've known me forever talk about him, too. And it's cool to see how... 
he can influence a grown man. You know, like that dude was the man, man. Like just taking us from practice and camps and all that stuff like that. Like he didn't have to do all that shit for us, and he did. And just to see how his uh, name still rings, his his legacy is still here. You know, not only with family, but the influence and the impact that he had on people, and, and um, how he was an example in a way to how it should be for you to be a grandfather or grandparent or a father, you know, or father-in-law in my stepfather's case. But, yeah, I kind of – I wanted you guys to just listen a little bit. And I think that this dude honestly could have been a politician, my stepdad, man. He really could have done a whole lot of different things. And even after we talked, he's like, man, you know, I'm just happy that we are what we are. I'm happy I am what I am. And that was reassuring. And you, you kind of realize um, sometimes you can be doing some things and you can be helping so many different people. And it's cool to see that, you know, maybe I'm giving him a glimpse of, like, you know, what what it could could have been like or what it can be like when someone just says, fuck it, I'm just going to chase my dream. I'm going to do what I want to do. And um hope you guys appreciate this episode. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at it's your world pod underscore and follow me on Twitter as well. Gotta clear your throat, get your I radio voice going. <laughs> uh, this week's guest, well, actually, I'm gonna put that in the intro, but my stepfather, Mr. Robert Brown. Hello. Welcome to the It's Your World podcast. Uh, I don't know, I just wanted to have you on and try to, we can talk it out a little bit in honor of Father's Day. This is my gift to you to let you know how much I appreciate you and what you've done for me, sir. So probably get to the bottom of some things here. People will be like, ah, that's why he's so competitive. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I wanted to, I, the only reason why I say that is I wanted to start off with um, just when we met, I don't know, I probably was 12, 13, mm. maybe, maybe a little bit younger than that. A little 10, bit younger than that, yeah. Maybe. And, and the, one of the fondest memories I have of you is uh, playing basketball in the backyard. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and that's funny because I, I saw a video. Actually, it was Lee England Jr.'s uh, Instagram story. And he had a video of his dad playing basketball with his kids. And he, like, slam dunked on the sun. And then, like, <laughs> so that yeah. would be me. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I was like, I would get so frustrated. Just like at the time, I didn't think I, I don't know. When you're a kid, you think you got a chance, but just like as a dad or just a parent, I feel like y'all got to put us in our place sometimes. And I would just get yeah. Well, that, I think that's because youth youth is full of endless possibilities, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, you gotta you gotta tamp that down a little bit. But actually, to um, to provide a little insight as to what uh, formatted my uh, competitive nature was the fact that um, I didn't really have anybody, um, you know, father or role model or anything like that to show me how to be competitive. Mm-hmm. So I had to uh, uh, make it up, you know, as I went along. and. You know, was competitive with my my friends, my contemporaries, and um, you know when when you're competitive with people of your own 
age, right. you know, you're constantly trying to kill them. <laughs> you know, you're not showing them any mercy. mercy. You know, you're trash talking. You're doing, you know, all of that. But um, I, I always uh, brought to my uh, parenting and my father and philosophy um, things that um, a lot of times it's things that weren't available to me. Um, but I knew should have been there. Right. And um, I guess the irony in that is the fact that I believe, um, and I don't know, this might be a little bit revisionist, but I believe it was my mother that really informed me as to what the male role in fathering and in parenting supposed was to supposed to be. And the way she did it was by probably pointing out all of the ways that my father was not parenting, <laughs> was not fathering, and was not doing all that kind of stuff. So I was determined that when um, I was blessed with kids that um, it was going to be different, that I knew um, how I wanted to conduct myself because I did believe that the way that I conducted myself as a father, as a male, uh, was uh, of supreme importance to um, to the way your kids come out. So that was kicking my ass in basketball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look at how you turned yeah, out. Th- that's, that's the thing, too, that I'm thinking about now. And I've seen it come up, even with guys my age that I hang out with or I'm cool with, we talk about that stuff. Um, the main thing is um, to try and do the things that, like to champion the things that your parents, you, you felt your parents did well for you. And then, like you said, it's revisionist as well, but trying to figure out, hey, maybe I could do this a little bit differently with my kids. Or if I was, this person that I'm creating is half of me. So, therefore, I know they're going to probably have some of my characteristics. They're going to have my attitude toward different things like that. And and that was funny, again, because when I saw that post from Lee England Jr., I was like, man, you know, I'm probably going to do that to my kids because they got to learn. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I, I felt like that taught me, like, how to get punched in the face, not literally, but, like, to, like, life, you know, even though it is athletics, but you lose, and you got to get up and go to the next day, like, nothing happened, or, you know, like, just get over it, in a way. But to to give this story the necessary perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, you should also mention how it ended up, because (laughs) you got me back (laughs) <laughs> in, 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 in more than enough ways up at Red Arrow Camp. Right, and I mean, you just man. used and abused me. And, you know, I, I heard the, the archangel singing and all of that stuff, you know, saying, Jordan has come of age. <laughs> <laughs> that's just growth and the thing is though even as a kid though you never think you're gonna get to that point yeah because that's, that's true. who your, that's who your dad or your father figure or your mentors that's who they are and I, I and I never put it into that context now that you mentioned it like you have people that you say like you have a mentor that has a business or something you're like okay well I want to own a business one day like you never really think you're gonna get to that point where you surpass them you know you meet them on that level and then you get there like I remember that like yesterday, playing against you up there when I was away at camp, and just really. So do I. I think I still have some aches and pains from <laughs> from the get back session that you put on me. <laughs> I don't know if it was a get back se- no, session. No, that's exactly what it was. But at the same time, I was surprised too. They're like, "Man, you know, oh, I'm I'm winning now." Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's a lot of context to have sit down and have a conversation with you, and then even seeing how. Um, not only how you helped bring me and my sisters up 
and even with your children when you and my mom got together, um, you put a lot of context in how to really be a good dad, dude. Like, and even dealing with like the co-parenting and all that, like, you're a pretty decent example of how to do that successfully and things like that. So, well, I think the only you can only judge that. Like now, mm-hmm. you know, and and, and it's After good to hear that um, because, you know, you definitely there's no training for even regular parenting, regular fatherhood. There's certainly little to no training for uh, being a parent in a blended family. Mm-hmm. So uh, my philosophy um, was always predicated by the fact that um, I was I was getting a second chance. I knew what uh, my mistakes were um, with my kids, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, Nick Island and, and Kai. Uh, you know, the first being that, um, you know, uh, putting them through divorce and the, the end of relationships, you know, that, those things are traumatic for children because I went through that uh, myself when my mother and father uh, split up when their relationship ended. Uh, it wasn't pleasant uh, at all. It was it was quite traumatic, mm-hmm. actually, and um, the residual effects um, continued for for quite some time. And it wasn't until um, I was an adult with uh, with my kids, and uh, actually it was probably after your mother and I had been together, and you and uh, Jaleesa got to know you know, my father and stepmother and my mother and everything, when the families were blended, that uh, my father uh, actually acknowledged uh, a couple of things, the fact that uh, he realized that he didn't do such a good job, and uh, number two, that he was uh, proud and impressed of um, the the job that I had done, Um, you know, not just with... uh, with my biological children, but with uh, with you all, also mm-hmm. with you and your sister, and um, you know, it, uh, parenting, um, fatherhood, um, you know, it's the, the whole parenting thing is a cooperative effort. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can be the best uh, individual, the best individual father, mother uh, in the world, and you can still fail. You know, you can have the best morals, the best character, the highest ideals, and, um, you know, you can still, uh, the child will still um, be, quote, unquote, you know, difficult. And um, I think what's, what, what really made it um, easier uh, for me in, in our situation is the fact that, uh, you know, number one, your, your mother is a strong woman. And um, she has uh, uh, very well-defined ways uh, that um, she thought it was important to, to raise the kids, not just you all, but, but my kids as well. And um, we, in a lot of areas, our philosophies uh, combined, you know, and they complemented each other. Mm-hmm. Well, when, where they didn't combine, they complemented because um, I think it's important not just to have philosophies that match, but you have to have philosophies that complement also, 
you know, and I think that way you get the, the full picture. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, um, that uh, our family um, is what it is. I am every day consider myself blessed mm. by the fact that uh, after going through a divorce, after being in a long-term relationship that, uh, that ended and having three children, you know, uh, come out of those, it's, you know, God led me to this place where I met two other wonderful children and their marvelous mother. And, oh, that's so nice. And, <laughs> and we were able to put the Brady Bunch together and, un, you know, it, it and it, it's worked, you know. And um, it's, it's just gratifying every day to continue uh, to watch it work, to see, you know, you pursue uh, your things in life, to see... Your sister and and you know my kids just become the adults that uh, we hoped you all would become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. That's the thing about <laughs> being a parent. Now, me and your mother moving on to this whole grandparenting yeah, thing, and that's y'all do y'all thing. I didn't really like. I didn't really know what exactly to kind of, you know tap into today because it's it's very seldom you have these type of conversations and you talk to people or family members or even like you said like parents and you record it <laughs> so it's, it's most times you want to forget this stuff <laughs> <laughs> not even that not even that though it's just like if you have those like deep heart-to-heart -heart conversations and something that we do have is just talking about life and in different experiences and you comparing your life and my experiences and then trying to find like hey man you know even when you come to getting advised almost or counseled by your parent you know you never sit down and be like oh let's put this on tape let's talk about it that way and i wanted that to give us that opportunity because I felt like it's something that um, I really did need to tell you. Hey, man, I appreciate you. I love you. And you've gone above and beyond what you think it would be like to have a step parent. And, 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 and I think that goes into what you see on like TV, how like it's like you know, movies, the kids see that and you kind of take that in. And even when you hear just outside social stigmas that come with that, you know, and, I like to thank you for me never having to apply a lot of that stuff to my experience, <laughs> if that makes sense. No, it, it makes perfect sense. But um, one thing I want to back up on and mention, you said going above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And parenting is, is never going above and beyond mm -hmm. because the things that you do as a parent, um, and I mean, in this world, let's put it in the context of, you know, the school of what's happening now in this world, being a black male, trying to raise black males in a dangerous and, and you know, mostly unfriendly uh, world. I mean, it's 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 serious, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it's just you, you, you have to just hope that. You're, you're, you're making the right moves, you're saying the right things, you're doing the right things, and um, because you don't know until the very end. Right. Well, I mean, it, it's a work in progress, you know. And, um, the, you know, I always said that, uh, you know, and always um, your, your mother and I, our, our accomplishment was seeing the kids walk across that, uh, that stage getting their college degrees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, for us... Was like a uh, 
a hard line in the sand where the uh, the parenting relationship uh, switches over, you know, not ends, but switches over to less parenting and and guidance to more appreciating you all's adulthood, you know, in essence, the uh, the fruits of our labors. And um, we're just, I mean, I know just from my experience, I'm in a lot of ways proud to the point of tears of, you know, the way all, all of you kids have turned out, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, you all are living the lives that, um, uh, that you desire, you know. And I think one of the things that parents <clears throat> get trapped in is trying to uh, uh, push their kids in, 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 in certain ways and do certain things and, and so on and so forth. And I don't, I don't know how productive that is. You know, I want uh, me, you know, having a sort of a artistic and creative background. You know, I want, uh, I always wanted the, you all to explore, to find out what niche you all were good at and, and, and do whatever you wanted to do. You know, like you're doing this podcast and, you know, your sister Jaleesa is, is sewing up a storm. You know, she's going to be, uh, I mean, let's do a blatant plug for a seal nor <laughs> fashion design. She actually has she, an episode. She, so y'all can she go has an episode. Go back and check out the seal nor <laughs> episode. I mean, even during that podcast, Jaleesa was working, cranking stuff out. So, right. you know, if you need fashions, that's where you go. Case closed. But, <laughs> All of you all are pursuing things that come from within you. You know, we didn't put any of our stuff uh, onto you all. Well, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a lawyer. You, you got to be a Cook County Sheriff and work in the jail. No. You all pursue, you know, your own dreams, mm-hmm. and we'll sit back and watch and enjoy. Mm. And that was another thing that, you, again, you got to be like, man, when you talk about your experience with your parents and in your household, I, I felt like I was always in athletics because it was something that I really did truly enjoy. And it wasn't like I had, like, those overbearing parents that were just like, oh, you got to do this, you got to play sports. It was like, no, I'm pretty good at this. It could give me an education, and uh, I could probably go professional if I'm good enough. But, you know, you guys always kept things in perspective for us. It was always, you know, books, and then it was athletics. But it's like, hey, if you go do this, then you got to take it just as serious as I'll probably go take this job that I have. <laughs> and you did it in such a subtle way that – um it kind of helped prepare you. Um, you know, I felt like you guys did a good job with that. And again, hindsight is twenty twenty because you tell your parent about them. So you're like, well, I didn't think I was doing all that. <laughs> no, you, you, know? you, you don't know what's going on in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, because in real time, um, the things that stick in your head are the... Hey. Are the... Go ahead. The things that stick in your head uh, more so than the victories are the traumatic things, you know, mm-hmm. the difficulties. And, um, you know, you can you can immediately uh, reference those, but it's not till you sit back and have a glass of wine and, you know, just take inventory and you, you realize that, you know, all in all, it's, it's been pretty a pretty damn good ride. And, I mean, I can say that unequivocally. And, uh, you know, with great uh, pride and, and gratitude because, um, you know, it could have been, been a lot different. I mean, there are families that 
struggle on a daily basis, mm -hmm. you know, and, and struggle with the basics, you know, where's the next meal going to come from? How are we going to keep the lights turned on? Those kind of things. And, um, you know, the, the fact that they survive, those are victories also, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just glad that we haven't uh, had to struggle in, in that context. Mm -hmm. And I think by association, that, that puts you all a little bit further ahead. And then, uh, you know, going down the line when, when you all, you know, have kids, that's going to put them even further ahead. You know, we, 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 you know, your mother and I used to, uh, you know, had a saying with us. And we uh, mentioned this when we were talking to your coaches and, you know, various other situations. We don't, we didn't want any of you kids to believe, to, to think, to be obligated to rescue us from the ghetto, mm -hmm. you know, because... Your mother and I are gonna be good, you know, and but that still was in the back of your mind though. When, well, for me, like because I felt like when you were in that position to be okay, you 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 are getting these opportunities that a lot of people don't get at a very young age, and it's hard to explain that to people when you're talking about athletics and then how that coincides with what people think should happen. Oh, you're going to go play college pro, you easily go into the pros, and you get there, it's like. No, it ain't that easy to make it. <laughs> and, and a lot of people don't have that opportunity. And 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 one of the things that I saw too that puts this put this in perspective. What I'm saying is, you go to college, you go to high school. So it's over a million some kids playing high school football. You go to college, that number dwindles down to probably about three hundred thousand kids. You think to the to the pros, then that number goes down to what four hundred people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just you all trying to make it to the same goal, and then that idea is like, oh, if it works out, then I could do this. I could buy my parents' house. I could get them to do this. You know, um, but I still never really felt that pressure, and I appreciate y'all didn't really put that. On me that way. Well, we we not put, like it was a dire circumstance that this needed to happen. We put pressure on you to excel academically mm -hmm. because that is what was going to benefit you, you know. And 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 just to uh, to uh, to back it up a little, and um, uh, another philosophical point. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, think of life as a relay race, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, your parents handing the baton to you. to you. Now, if you're going to be successful in that race, you're going to snatch that baton and you're going to run. You're not going to look back and say, oh, well, you know, do they need to have some Gatorade? Do they need to, <laughs> you know, get off. rubbed out for cramps? Right, or, right. You know, you, you just go. Mm -hmm. And that's how that's how we need to, to look at things. And I think that we, you know, as as African American families, um, as opposed to gearing our kids for success so that they can reach back and bring their parents up, they need to gear their kids for success so that they can pass that success on to their kids. It's about creating legacy and and and, and posterity, mm -hmm. you know, going forward, you know. It's history is behind you, hmm. you know, ancestors are behind you and you honor them <clears throat> by being successful in your life and, and trying to make your children successful. So, no, we never put any pressure on you. Jordan, you got to make the pros. You got to make the pros. We got to we got to get out of Auburn Gresham. We we you know, we need a new car. We need this. We need that. Ah! No, no. It's about 
Jordan getting his degree, being successful, and deciding what he wants to do with his life. Mm-hmm. You know, Jaleesa getting her degrees, being deciding what they want to do with their life. Same with Kai and Isla and uh, my oldest, Nick. Um, it, it's about putting you all in a position where you can be your best. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said earlier, your mother and I are good. You know, we sit back and and see how you all are doing and just just marvel and, and you know, just wonder. And that's one of the reasons why we can in, in, enjoy this uh, whole grandparenting thing fully because <laughs> grandparenting, that's... If, if you thought parenting was fun, grandparenting is really cool because you get all the benefits with little of the obligations. <laughs> and yeah. You can give them back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like talking to you more, so now I'm feeling we talk about that relationship. It goes from me being a kid and then growing up to a young man. It's like, all right, well, now you've grown. Now you're an adult. I like the way that we can have these conversations and talk about different things and you know just again and it's almost like they mirror the same format as they did before i think because in a lot of ways and i think i saw this in you when you were young um uh, you reminded me of me Mm. and that made me comfortable to pour a lot of me into you Mm -hmm. you know and um not trying to you know uh supersede your father or you know anything god rest his soul but um i was just another component in uh what was gonna you know make up jordan brown and um there was a level that we clicked on and i felt and um a lot of it had to do with your openness towards uh accepting my taste in music Mm -hmm. and 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 things like that and then, uh, I mean, you just take it and, and run with it. And that, you know, that really gratified me because um, it uh, sort of um, uh, affirmed how I was as a kid. Because I, I sort of had a hard time because, you know, um, when I was coming up, you know, I was, I grew up in a household that uh, had all kinds of music in it. I mean, just wasn't uh, limited to uh, blues, jazz, Motown, Dusties, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. We had all kinds of stuff that we listened to. And I gravitated towards rock and, you know, things that were atypical of a... Uh, Kid from the South Side. Yeah, <laughs> in, the, in the late 60s, <laughs> early 70s. So, um, you know, I, I sort of uh, had a... Uh, I don't want to say a hard time, but, um, you know, people didn't sort of gravitate towards me. You know, mm-hmm. of course, until I got older and I had the big afro but that was a whole 70s story that we won't get into now (laughs) but um, to see you not be afraid to be different Mm -hmm. you know not be afraid to pursue the things that you like you know in addition to all of the other stuff but I saw this too like the the approach that I think you took with stepping in as a stepdad stepfather was like alright I'm on let me all right. Let me show. Let's see if how he likes this. It's like okay, how he likes this. All right, cool. All right, all right. But I was never like, I don't know 
because it would be better coming from your perspective. I don't know if I was ever just like, oh, this music is trash. Like, I don't want to hear this or no. this, this book or this, that, and the other. Like, I don't think I ever was kind of negative or towards you when you tried to uh, expose me to different things. But I realized that just the way that you introduce things with me is also the way that I could interact with people in the world in a way. Um, so I think it taught me more how to be more personable to people. And not only be myself and like whatever I liked or what music it was and just being able to have a conversation with somebody and say, okay, well, that's your opinion on this and this is my opinion on this. This is what I also listen to. This is what I'm also into and different things like that. Like, I felt like um, you really taught me a lot about relationships in a way and not just, you know, friendships and things like that and, and or even just dealing with regular people. Uh, I think you you have you had a real huge influence between you and my dad. Like y'all both had an influence <laughs> on it. Because when I think about you two, it's like people two different people in a way, but almost <laughs> quite similar in the way that you handle yourselves around other individuals. But I think together, uh, together. Jordan Brown couldn't have had a better a better father than the both of us, mm. you know, because I uh, uh, respect and appreciate um, the man that your father was, mm. and um, I'm glad that uh, we didn't have the, the the typical relationship where there was, uh, and I'm speaking from from my perspective. Um, I don't think there was any static between us. I don't think right. that there was any kind of uh, animosity or anything. And dealing as men, that was something that I really took from y'all's interaction. Was like that's that's how men are supposed to. That's interact how men are supposed to interact. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I never saw it as like a, somebody. Anyone felt threatened by the other, um, and even talking to you like privately with the both of you it was never like anything negative and I was just I really appreciated that and I think again that has taught me like how to deal with people of my same age and people that I know now and especially my friends it's just I feel like that's something that I feel like I wanted to build on and something I'm probably put into my kids as well or my son if I have a son if I'm blessed to have one just that whole idea like this is how men interact with one another the level of respect should be there give him his just due as a man and then if you have your own thoughts, okay, that's it. But you shouldn't take it past that point in a way. Well, I think you, you're you serving your kids well if you treat them in a way that uh, lets them become what you want them to become. And we've always tried to uh, raise you all to become adults. We knew, your mother and I, that we wanted you all to become adults. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that's that's the goal of the whole right. thing. You know, to be independent, self-sufficient, productive, productive free-thinking adults, you know. And everything that your mother and I could do to enable that, you know, we tried to do. Did, you know, did all of it work? Probably not. But I believe the majority of it worked, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I think it it's evident in the way that... Uh, you know that all of you all have turned out. I have the the utmost confidence that you know all of our children can accomplish whatever they set their mind to. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I'm just 
you know, looking forward to my remaining days, just, you know, witnessing what you all's lives are going to become. When they say the golden years, people think that they're referencing, you know, what you do, you know, being on a golf course or taking cruises or, you know, that kind of stuff. To me, my golden years is going to be sitting up watching what you all get into, watching what you all's lives turn into. Um, I told your mother that um, in terms of, you know, when you get to be uh, my age, 58, uh, you, you know, you got more days behind you than ahead of you. You know, I said as a goal, you know, let's, uh, I'd, I'd like to stick around here, you know, in, on earth to see uh, the grandkids into college, mm -hmm. you know, much like your grandfather did. Mm -hmm. And I, I realized because he talked about it frequently, how proud he was uh, where you all uh, were, you mm -hmm. know, as far as college, as far as the kind of people that, you know, you and your Turned sister were becoming. And it, it, it just, it, it, it overwhelmed him with pride. And I understand that because he was there from, from the very beginning <laughs> when, you know, shoveling you all here and there and the, the, the uh, not, school not just conferences. And, I have friends that yeah. remember. <laughs> like that's, that's the cool part about, like, when we talk about Ned Odom, let's put that name out there. That dude. Mm -hmm. Man, I have friends to this day that still ask me about that, man. Yeah. And they remember being in that old van going from practices or whatever it was, picking us up from school. Like, it's a lot of friends that I know that just like, man, your granddad was so cool. He was he was just, you know, and, you know, happy Father's Day to you, granddad. Miss you, Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Rest up. But, uh, yeah, you're right. Because that's that, – that, I never thought about it that way. That, and, and he provided – things to me mm. that I didn't get from my father. Mm. I mean, you know, the ways that I thought, the kinds of relationship, the kind of relationship that I visualized in my head that I would have with my father, mm. the missing components in that, mm. Ned Odom provided to me. I mean, the, I loved going over to the house and after he didn't sat up all day watching CNN or whatever, we could sit there and talk, talk about, about the current anything. events and or sit on the deck and have coffee and, 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 and chop it up as to what was going on. And, and, and it's funny that we're talking about this now because when your Uncle Vic was, was just here a couple of weeks ago, there were two or three days since he was staying here, there were two or three days where we got up in the morning and we sat at this table and also talk. and had coffee. Yep. And we were talking, and I'm like, damn, Vic, you know, this is exactly what me and your father did. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, wow, it's almost like deja vu, and I'm just so glad to, to have this experience. And that's what kind of pushes me toward this whole, like, it, I mean, like, like you said, in this time, it's hard to, like you said, raise a black man. It's very hard. And you can understand how people are discouraged. And at times when I think about it, I'm kind of like, oh, my God, like, I know what I went through. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know what I went through. And people see from the outside looking in, like, and they hear you talking. You know, there's some stuff that I would have to come home and tell you. I'm like, hey, man, this happened to me. And just like, whoa, like, how do you share that information that you have with yourself to your child? 
and stories you've told me is just like, well, and that's crazy how we all have our stories. That's black men that <laughs> talk about these different things. And the same thing from my granddad telling me stuff as a kid. And you think, oh, man, that ain't going to ever happen to me. Oh, well, it did. Boom, here we are. But it was way worse for him, you know, sharing those stories. And then you and I talk about these different things. And I think about even now what you see on television and how our social climate is right now. I am a little bit afraid. And I am worried but at the same time I wanted to actually get some what words of encouragement would you give to young black males who are being fathers now who, who are becoming parents and things like that well I, I'm an optimistic person so <laughs> so it, it's, it's very of, true it's very I'm true. sort of biased um Things can get hella bad. I mean, yeah. they, they can get really bad. There's, 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 uh, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn and all mm-hmm. them other cliches that I could rattle off. But um, to me, there is a lot of promise in the fact that we as a people, and more specifically, we as black males, have come from, from the depths of hell. You know, in in this country, we we come from a place where you know we were brought over here in slave ships. Uh, you know, uh, the ones that that survived, survived the Middle Passage. You know, maybe they got here and they felt that they shouldn't have survived. You know, maybe the ones that didn't survive the Middle Middle Passage were the blessed ones. They they separated our families. They emasculated us. They refused to educate us. And a lot of those things continue to this day. Um, I hate using the term institutionalized racism or systemic prejudice or whatever, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's there's really no other descriptor for the fact that this society was not created for us. Mm-hmm. When when they wrote the Constitution, it was written for the benefit of white males. Right. You know, not even women, because mm-hmm. women couldn't vote. You know, women damn near couldn't be in the same room with a, you know, with a white male. So, in in the context of all of that, we have been survivors. We have been the ultimate survivors. And we, we have survived pretty well. And a lot of our families are, are doing very well. And um, I am, I'm, I'm encouraged um, by the fact that we um, adapt when when we can rescue ourselves from our disappointments, you know, from, from our defeats, uh, we don't usually get defeated in the same way mm-hmm. again, you know. And um, I just wish, and again, just to give your uh, uh, listeners uh, a little background on me, I'm a, a sheriff's deputy, Cook County Sheriff's deputy, and I work in the jail, so I see the quote-unquote uh, bad part of society. I mean... And then the jail, Cook County Jail, is 90% black male. And we have to figure out a way to siphon off a lot of those guys and make them productive members of society again. And I believe that we can. Mm -hmm. If we remove this fear that we have of each other, Mm -hmm. and I think there is a fear of of each other, then, um, you know, we we can accomplish things unheard of. In this country, I think part of the reason why a bunch of crazy people elected Donald Trump uh, to live in the White House is the fact that they were fearful of what the effects of a black president would have on black society. 
you know, if if a black man lived for eight years scandal free in a place where they would never have thought a black ass would ever sit, then I mean they had to do they had to totally flip it 180 degrees and and put something else in that place to 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 put us back in our place. Well, mm-hmm. it's not going to work. It was a reaction. Yeah, it's definitely a reaction. But we are a more resilient people. We have strength that we don't even know about. Mm. And and I can feel it. I know there, you know, there were, were times that, that I've experienced difficulties. And, you know, I got through it through, you know, prayer, through, you know, talking to God one day at a time and and leaning on my wife and, you know, times when I wanted to give up, she wouldn't let me give up. And my wife is a very persuasive individual. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm encouraged uh, by our future because I think that uh, we will get to a point where we'll say collectively as a people that enough is enough. And um, we'll take control of our destiny. And I think that... Um, your generation mm-hmm. and the following gener- generations are going to be at the vanguard of that. And I only hope that um, I'm around to see uh, uh, to see the beginning of it. Yeah, I, I think that's one, one way that we can look at it. I think we have a generation now that's coming on. Everybody, oh, well, they go do this, they go do that. I really, I see it. I see both the bad and the good of it. And I'm finding a balance between the two. We have these kids that's coming up. That are really creative. They're coming up with ideas. And I have to respect that idea. Like, I have to respect that they're doing that. But at the same time, it's like, well, I wouldn't do that. Like, I'm getting to that age now. He's like, <laughs> you're young, but you, as Aria Foster would say, you're young, but you're not old. I mean, you're old, but you're not young anymore. And you you in that tweener stage at almost 30, you're like, well, I wouldn't do that. But if they're doing it, well, maybe maybe there's something to it. And I, don't know, I just wanted to get your take on that. Just to- don't be afraid to take risks because mm. I know exactly what you're talking about. And just the fact that they're coming up with original shit is really kind of cool to me. It is. It's very cool. Even though, you know, actually, about- it's, it's essential. Mm. It's essential. You know, because if we keep what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and, and over. expecting a different result. Oh, yeah. I, I hope to God that people are coming up with new shit, you know, because my whole new shit stage is, is coming to the end, you know. <laughs> we tried that already. <laughs> so it's it's up to you all. And, and, and again, going back to, uh, to, to my work life, you know, I see uh, a generation uh, that's incarcerated and people want to just write them off. off. And I'm like, you can't dispose of those individuals, right. you know, because... They're here, and they're going to be here for a little wow. while. So we need to figure out a way that they can implement that they can fit, that they can fit. <laughs> you know, that they can be productive. Because I'm telling you, the best way to change a person's behavior is to give him purpose and to make him feel productive. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, you know sound like some kind of the bleeding heart liberal or whatever. I don't but, even think that's I don't think that's a liberalizing. I think that's human being. Like that's yeah, a human you, you being. A person a person without a purpose yeah. is dangerous. Yeah. Because they don't give a damn about nothing. They don't give a damn about themselves and and, and they'll do anything. anything. You know, they lose all context. You gotta make a give a person purpose and and you 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 have to, you know, let them feel like they're accomplishing something. They have to accomplish something, right. you know. So I, I have I have 
I'm, I'm thrilled about the direction that, uh, and I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit biased because um, you guys, uh, you, your sister, all of you, all contemporaries, um, are similar, mm. you know. And um, I'm uh, impressed by the way, um, the direction that a lot of your contemporaries mm. have gone into, you know. Um, you know, there are some that have fallen by the wayside and, you know, maybe they'll find their way, you know, eventually. But um, all in all, I think as, as a people, I'm, I really have a lot of uh, uh, pride and I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what your generation and subsequent generations are going to do for our people in this country and, you know, for the world. Mm. Well, we had like 40-some minutes, so I feel like that was oh pretty solid. God. It went by, it flies by. But, um... <laughs> One thing I usually have all the guests do is like give three words of advice, three things of advice to a young creative or anything. In that case, I would say, yeah, I, I think you already covered one of them with the young dad type of thing, that idea. But um, any any words of advice for life? Because you are in, like you said, the golden years almost. <laughs> you making it up there and being old is life goals. So, like, what is few things, two things of advice you would give to young people today? I would say, um, like I just said just uh, a short time ago, don't be afraid to take risks. Um, looking back on my life, taking inventory, I wish I had taken a couple other risks and um, uh, decided to do some things that uh, that I haven't. Not that uh, I'm going to put that in the regret category mm -hmm. because I, I really don't, but... Um, I would have liked to have seen if I had taken those risks, how oh, it would have turned out. That would have been interesting. And uh, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to fear. Don't be afraid to embrace your fear. And certainly don't be afraid to turn your fear into something productive. Because fear is a great motivator. You know, if, if, if you think that uh, you're about to lose something, that somebody's pushing you into a corner and, and you're fearful of the results, a lot of times that's the motivation that you need, that you to, you need you that to get out of your comfort zone and to do, you know, whatever's necessary. So, yeah, embrace fear as another productive element in, uh, you know, pushing you ahead in life. Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing I usually ask is what people's Kanye confidence level is. So... <laughs> <laughs> So the, the the range of it is from college dropout to his latest album, Yay Now. So since that's been out, it's not Life of Pablo anymore. I don't know. My I, I'm I'm sort of fearful for Kanye because usually cats that hang out with them Kardashians don't, don't turn, turn out, out too well. well. <laughs> <laughs> so Kanye, if you're listening, you know if you need help, I, I'll come help a brother out. You know, helping. Another black man is a choice, and I choose to help right. you. All right. Well, in that case, I'm not even going to steal. You just said, Kanye, come on to the show, man. I usually ask people, hey, <laughs> ask Mr. West to come on to the podcast so I can talk to him. But Come hey. on, Kanye. Hang out. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate it. I love you, and I appreciate you, too. Love you, too, Jordan Brown. All right. <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out It's Your World Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Brown, and happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. If you check this out, I really appreciate it, and just so you know, you are appreciated, fellas. Also, don't forget, we do have a sponsor, ShopSMZ.com. If you're looking for some new gear, ladies, be sure to check out ShopSMZ.com to pick up some new stuff heading into the summer, or anything you may be looking to pick up for a night out on the town. You'll find a collection of jewelry, clothing, and self-esteem. If you use the code JAB, you get 15% off any order. If you use the code JAB2, you get $20 off orders over 100 bucks. Man, I feel like that was a dope episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Now you get to see how weird, why I'm so weird and cool sometimes. I don't know, competitive when it comes to sports and all that good shit and, and comedy. But, yeah, man. Um... Thanks for all the support, guys. We've been going strong for a minute here. Appreciate everybody checking out the episodes, liking the posts. Um, just tell, tell somebody about the show. I, mean, I, I Granted, I want you to subscribe and review and listen to it all the damn time, but just tell somebody about the show, man. Just let a friend know, hey, this is going to be dope. Check this out. Uh, my homie's doing something different, you know, doing something new. Castle Slab Part 2. Okay, I'm going to stop. But, yeah, just check it out, man. And let me know what you think. Don't forget to also check me out on the Ford Effect podcast with my co-host, Alan Ford. Well, actually, he's the talent. I'm just a co-host. I'm just there. I'm just there. But, uh, yeah, check it out and uh, let me know what you think about that. And I will see you guys or you will hear me next week. Appreciate the love, people. Have a good one. Hey, and don't forget, it's your world.